Amen, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome back. Hope you had a wonderful fall break, and hopefully that it was at least uh, uh, portions of it were uh, a good time of rest and a time of uh, being refreshed and being with uh, friends and family. And uh, as we are kicking back, uh, kind of things back off where we left off, um, where we've been in this journey of talking about identity and culture, um, one of the things we wanted to talk about um, uh, during this kind of half week as we come back for second quad is that, you know, really culture, everyone has a culture. And a culture is simply just a way of doing things. And one of the, the cultures here at Northwestern um, is a culture of, of worship. And one of the expressions of, of, the, of the worship culture here at Northwestern um, is led and is driven by uh, an initiative that began three years ago in student life called the Worship Arts Collective. And the, the goal and the purpose of the Worship Arts Collective uh, are really, it's, it's to reflect the reality of heaven here on earth on campus of what is the never-ending 24-7, 365 activity taking place in heaven. But we know it's, it's worship. And uh, singing is a huge part of that. Music is a huge part of that. And the reason why it is is because God's the, the original designer uh, of music and of, of singing and of songs. And every culture throughout all times and seasons has had different expressions um, of, of, uh, of singing and elevating about what, what is valued and what is loved. And what's held as a primary role, what's supreme in, in any given culture. And so um, we, we, we wanted to talk about, uh, just take this time, because I have two lovely individuals to my left, to your right. So Alyssa Sorakis and Neil Cameron. And Neil has been on staff as our worship arts associate for almost a year now. And Alyssa's been on staff uh, as our spiritual development coordinator since August. And then just since last week, it was also hired in addition to a role spiritual development coordinator as a worship arts associate to work, to work and serve alongside of Neil. So the two of them are working together and helping lead um, our worship arts collective. And so uh, one, of the, one of the cultures that we want to cultivate uh, with the worship arts collective is to, to really uh, to represent in an increasing way uh, the diverse expressions in the way that we worship. Um, and, uh, but what, uh, what we wanted to kind of tee up and talk about this morning is one, when it comes to that, to that, that aspect of identity, um, every single one of us is a worshiper. So one of the identity statements that you and I could make is I'm a worshiper. So uh, in other words, the, the word even worship comes from an old, the middle English, uh, old English word worth ship, which is whatever we ascribe ultimate worth to. And here's the newsflash, every single one of us does that. On any given day, um, we have something that occupies that supreme place of value um, in our life to which then we orient our lives around. And uh, just, this is by way of simple definition, uh, what is worship? Not only is it worship ascribing ultimate worth, but from a Christian standpoint, that worship is simply the response of all that I am to the revelation of all that he is. The response of all that I am to the revelation of all that he is. So in other words, when Jesus, his self-disclosure, when God self-discloses himself, reveals, makes himself known to, is known to us, he initiates that, that the, that, the, that the best and the most worthy response is us, to, is to worship. So what, what that means is, is that worship doesn't start when musicians take the stage. And it doesn't end when they leave. Uh, worship doesn't start when I hit play 
um, and I listen to something in my earphones. Worship doesn't just take place um, on a Sunday morning or a given time, a given, uh, time during the week. Worship is a never-ending uh, uh, lifestyle and reality. Um, worship happens wherever God is. So wherever God is, worship happens. When he makes himself known to us, uh, we worship. And there's a beautiful, diverse way, that, the diversity of ways that we do that. And, uh, and so one of the things uh, as well that uh, we've been walk, walking through the book of Ephesians. And we actually wanna, what we want to do this morning is take a section of that that we're jumping ahead a little bit. So kind of a little bit out of order. Um, and the, the verses that, that are up on the screen, um, I, I want to spend just a few moments on. And then um, Alyssa and then Neil are going to take uh, the next couple sections. And so, uh, so let, me just, let, me just, let me just read it for us. It's up there on screen. Um, so here, here Paul, and again just to kind of zoom out real quick, um, uh, Ephesians is all about, it's talking about our identity, who we are in Christ. The second half of it is how we live, uh, uh, how we live out our identity. Um, or it could be talked about the first three chapters talks about really the wealth of the Christian, all that we have in Christ. And then, and then the chapters four and five talk about the walk of the Christian. How do we actually walk this out? And then chapter six is the warfare of, of the Christian. How do we stand strong against the spiritual battle against our wealth and our walk? So we're in the walk section. How do we live out our identity as worshipers? And uh, Paul says this in, at the, towards the, right in the middle of Ephesians 5. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So just a couple things that I highlighted there. First, he says, look carefully how you walk. Um, and this idea as it pertains to worship applicationally, it's, it's something that we actually, it's an action that we participate in. And it's something that we ought to be careful with how we do it. It's not something that we approach casually. It's not something that we have a flippant attitude of, oh, well, here's another song. Oh, well, here's another praise chapel. Well, here's another, whatever. We have to first, to look carefully how we walk, we have to recognize who is the one who's given us our life and the very life and breath that we have. And we look carefully how we worship by, by recognizing who it is that we're worshiping. And here's the thing. On any given day, I don't think you and I fully realize the magnitude and the gravity of, of the one whom we worship. And so it's filling our hearts and our minds with a fresh vision of who God is. So we look carefully how we walk. It's a lifestyle. There's a direction. There's a purpose. And then he says this, um, to, to walk not as unwise but as wise. Wisdom, real simply, is basically knowing what to do with what we know. So in light of who God is, how does that influence the way that we live? How do we walk then in wisdom? And let me tell you this, uh, we, we worship is the most wise response in the way to walk this life. Um, uh, how many of you right now, if you're, if you're honest with yourself, you're facing a really difficult decision right now? And you need, you need to say, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom on this decision. Let me tell you this, and this has happened to me so many different times, and maybe some of you have, have had a similar experience, where I'm looking for an answer, but in a moment of worship where I'm not even thinking about what I need, I'm not even thinking about even my circumstance, but I'm recognizing who God is, and I'm so focused on who he is, all of a sudden, that answer comes, and I wasn't even asking God for it in that moment. Has that ever happened? Is that my alone in that? Is that ever, a couple of you guys? Okay, that, that, if you're struggling with what to do next... The, the most wise way to walk and to move forward is to simply take a step aside, lean back, look up, and, and, and fill the, your frame of mind with, with the revelation of who Jesus is. 
And so this, then he says, do not be foolish, making the best use of time. It's one of the best uses of our time is to worship because the days are evil. And he says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So this idea, uh, we worship our way into the will of God. We will then worship our way out of the will of God. We actually worship our way into sin when we put something else at the place of ultimate worth other than Jesus. But then we need to worship our way back into alignment by putting Jesus back to where he belongs, which is occupying the throne of our lives. Now, this idea of worship as a walk, worship as wisdom, worship as the will of the Lord, all of this is leading up and setting this up where he says, do not be filled with wine, for that is debauchery, that's self-destruction, but be filled with the Spirit. So what I'm kind of setting up with the two of the, uh, that Alyssa and Neil are going are to share and cover in just a moment now is this idea of why is it that we worship the way that we do on this campus? Why do we sing songs in the beginning of chapel? Why do we devote a whole chapel every single week to, to singing and, and to celebrating and to worshiping? Because it's one of the crucial ways that you and I actually walk in the fullness and in the filling, the continual filling of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's one of the ways that you and I live a life that is controlled, that is energized, that is resourced, that is rooted and grounded in life in the Spirit. Because what Paul does here is he gives this verb, be filled, is the main verb, and then he gives four participles, which are other four verbs that participate in the main verb of how that happens of being filled. And that's simply, um, the, and then this is what's going to be covered. They're, speak, they're speaking or addressing one another, they're singing, they're thanking, and then they're submitting. So, why is it, what's the role of singing? What's the role of songs in our worship? And uh, I'm going to turn to a worship leader on my left, one of them, Alyssa, and I'm going to hand it off to you. And uh, we'll probably interrupt each other and, and share little, I'm surprised you guys didn't interrupt me, so I was, I must so not have good. said anything that was very respectful. Okay, you're trying to be respectful. <laughs> Just because I'm your boss, you can interrupt me, that's fine. Okay, anyway, uh, Alyssa. Well, man, this subject gets me so excited. It's what I'm really, really passionate about. And it's what God has called each one of us to be passionate about. So I'm going to go on and read a following in Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. It says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always, always. And for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul points out three different type of, types of expressions. And I just want to go through those really briefly. Because there's a reason that he just didn't put songs. But he said psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So what's the difference between all of those? Okay, so let's go through those just really briefly. Psalms actually refer to the Old Testament songs that were sung by the Jews and shared among Christians. They're typically done with stringed instruments, and they're about praise and about worship to God, okay? Hymns are direct praise to God, direct praise to God. They were more formal, they were meant to instruct. Now, I don't want you to get confused of how we define hymns today. Okay, so the typical hymns that we sing were mostly written, if you look at the years, in the, like, the 1500s and 1600s. Okay? This was way after this verse was written. So please don't confuse. Well, the Bible says we should be singing hymns. So I think hymns are the only way that we should worship. No. It's one of the ways, 
that we could worship. But Paul is actually saying all styles of music can be used to honor and worship God as long as God is the focus. Okay? So don't confuse that term hymn how we like to define it today. Okay? Spiritual songs. Now there's actually like some controversy on what spiritual songs are. But for the most part, it's something that's more spontaneous. It's spirit-given. God is giving you a song to sing, and you just sing it out. You can think it out. You can pray it out. Okay? So this would be more like contemporary music, how they would say it um, back then. So spiritually, when it says spiritual and songs, spiritual means that the singing of lyrics is sacred music, and it's come from the filling of the spirit. And the song is the general term for just singing lyrics, okay? So Justin had mentioned about what worship is. What is worship? What is worship? Okay? If I were to sit down with a couple of you and said, what is worship? Okay? So I did that to myself. Yeah, I talked to myself a little bit. It's okay. God's also talking with me, right? Did you answer? So I did answer it. (laughs) So what I said, man, I'm sorry. I'm like up and down. I just get so excited about this. So when I was thinking about worship, I think a lot of you would also be in the same boat as me, where I would say, well, worship is the part of church where we're singing, where we're doing music. Um, Worship is on Fridays when we had Praise Chapel. It was what we just did this morning. It's singing, and that's what worship is, okay? Now, you wouldn't be wrong in saying that, but that's not all it is. It's part of of what worship is, okay? So worship, how I define it too, is the activity of glorifying God in his presence with our voices and our hearts. And by voices, I don't just mean singing. We worship all the time. Everything that we do should be an act of worship. And actually, God designed us to be worshipers. We are made for it, okay? Cheetahs, they're made to run. Stars were made to shine. People are made to worship. I've never seen my bulldog worship before. I have a, well, my parents have a bulldog. I love dogs, but I've never seen him worship. God designed mankind to worship. And we actually do this naturally and instinctively. In fact, our lives are characterized by what or who we worship, right? And it might not be God, but we're naturally in tune to worship something or someone, okay? So it is also a direct expression of our purpose for living. So if you're saying, why are we here? Why are we on earth? What's our purpose? It's to glorify God and worship him forever, okay? So when I say worship is everything all the time, I mean this, to keep God at the front of your minds so that everything you encounter goes through the filter of Jesus, okay? So that means your thoughts, Your thoughts are going through Jesus. Your actions, how you're treating someone, your words, your attitude, your response to situations, that is worship. That is worship. You remember those like yellow bracelets that we used to wear? Like those rubber ones that said WWJD on it? Yeah? I don't know if that was the 90s or early 2000s. But it says, what would Jesus do? Yeah, what would Jesus do? But instead of stopping there, And just asking yourself that, ask God, Lord, what do I say in this situation? How many times have you had someone come up to you and they vented to you about something? 
I'm sure every single one of us could say, yeah, that's happened to me at least once. How many of you could say that in that situation, instead of just listening actively to them, you were also praying at the same time and saying, God, I don't know what to say. Can you please give me the words to say to them? Because they need to hear your voice and not mine. That's worship. That's what we mean by having worship in everything that we do. How should I be acting towards them? They really hurt me, and I don't even want to see them again. God, what should I do? That is relationship. God calls us to have relationship with God. That's conversation. He already knows your thoughts and your feelings, but tell him anyways. He wants to know that. That's worship. That's relationship, okay? Then, when you're in that mindset, you're available to have him speak to you. And man, when he speaks through you, it is the coolest thing. Then you can for sure say, wow, that was not me. That was God. And who gets the glory? God. Not me. God. God gets the glory. And then, your own words, your own actions, your own thoughts, that's not even your agenda anymore. And that's the moment where thinking about ourselves goes to thinking about others. I want to challenge you. When you're walking around campus or wherever you're going shopping or something, be looking around. What are they going through? And be praying. God, I don't know who they are, but I want to pray for them. I've done that so many times where I just, I just felt like God wanted me to pray for a random driver next to me or someone that I was sitting in a cafeteria with, I saw them from across the room and God laid them on my heart to pray for them. I don't know what to pray for them, but I knew I needed to pray for them. That's conversation. That's relationship. Okay? I also want to challenge you to say, God, give me an encounter with someone so I can share about you. Hold up. That, that's, a big, that's a big prayer. I, I dare you to pray that. God, give me an encounter with someone today so that I can share more about you. Mm. And he is going to answer that. Just watch. And if he doesn't give you a face-to-face -face encounter, he might reveal someone to you that you already know, that maybe needs prayer or needs your time. How many of you have ever had, like, a random person just, like, pop into your head? Like, you weren't thinking about them, you weren't even with them, you haven't seen them in a long time, but all of a sudden you just start thinking about them. I, I really, I really want to press in and ask if that's the Holy Spirit telling you, oh, I need to pray for them. I don't know what they're going through right now, but I'm, I'm going to pray for them. And you're thinking about them, okay? And maybe they don't even need your prayers, or they need your prayers, but they also need your time. Oh, guys, we are so busy. We're so busy. Actually, we are too busy. And I'm not up here saying that I'm good at resting. Actually, if you knew me really well, you would know that I always have a packed day. And God convicted me, and he said, hey, remember me? Actually, um, he used my husband um, to say this to me, who was like, hey, remember me? Hi, I'm your husband. We haven't, like, seen each other in a long time. I've heard um, that before. How's it going? And I was like, oh, no, it's because he missed me. He misses me. And then I get emotional about this because then I thought, I started thinking about God. God misses you. God misses you. He is longing for you to just talk to him, to tell him how your day was. He created you. He gave you the life, this life, for what? To spend time 
you fill in the blank. He wants you to be available to listen to him and be available for people. And if you're already great at this and have an open schedule, you are way ahead of me, and that's awesome. Then ask the Lord, God, have I been using my time for you and for your people and your kingdom building? Most of you could probably answer that for yourselves. But that's also the Holy Spirit nudging you right now, saying, hey, I miss you. I long for you. I'm jealous for you. God is the author of rest. Satan cannot find rest. Scripture says that. He wanders aimlessly and can never find rest. Satan wants you to suffer just like he is so that you can be as far away from what God intended for you, which is rest, so that you can be available to hear him, so you can be available for his people. Okay, so I wanted to share a quick story about um, something that happened to me this weekend on Saturday. My mom and I always go shopping. Once a month, we try to like plan a day so we can just like hang out and go shopping. So that morning, I actually prayed that bold prayer and I said, I knew we were going to a mall. And I was like, God, give me an encounter so I can share about you. <sighs> okay, and then I went on my way shopping. I actually like forgot that I even prayed this. But we went into Ann Taylor, which is one of my favorite stores, and we were just trying on clothes. I come out to show what I was trying on to my mom, and she's giving me my opinion. And at the same time, this woman also comes out of the dressing room, and we start talking. We're like, oh, girl, that looks cute. Oh, thank you. How about you? Oh, my goodness. And we're just like, yeah, that's awesome. And then we're just like, you know, doing the normal stuff that you would do in changing rooms where you're just complimenting each other on what you're wearing. And all of a sudden, though, then we start talking, like, hey, how's it going? Da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, our conversation goes, and she's just like, are you guys Christians? We didn't even bring up the fact that, like, I went to church, where I worked, nothing. She just asked, are you guys Christians? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we are. She was like, I could tell. Just like, just how, how you are. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God who's in you and who's working and can do that in each one of you. And we started talking, and she was saying, I'm a Christian too. I actually went to Bethel. Yes, people from Bethel are also Christians, okay? <laughs> so believe that. <laughs> Proof, all right? So we became Facebook friends. We started talking, and she was like, I'm just really struggling to find where God wants me to be, okay? So we're talking. And my mom and I just started pouring into her. And in that moment, I was like, God, give me the words because I have no idea what I'm saying. I don't know what to say to her. I just met her, okay? And God started to speak through me and through my mom just to pour into her and tell her truth. God has an excellent plan for you. And in this time of waiting, he's preparing you. He's molding you for what he has next for you. So we wrap up our conversation. She leaves. Another person comes out from the dressing room. And she was like, I heard what you guys were talking about. And I just want to say, that was so refreshing. I'm a Christian too. And, and we're like, whoa, this is like, are we in church? No, we're in Ann Taylor right now. I mean, it's okay. And she was like, it's just so refreshing that I, I'm hearing conversations about God in like a random place that you wouldn't expect it. Thank you for sharing that. I go to this church. She leaves. I'm not kidding you. I was like, whoa, God, you just had an encounter with one person. Now we have two? Wow, you are amazing. And then a third person comes out of their dressing room. 
and they say, you, you, there were tears in her eyes. She was like, I was losing hope on God. But because of what I heard you guys talking about, I'm going to go to church tomorrow. I'm going to go to that church that you guys were talking about. And I want to get to know this God more. Because I was giving up. This was on a Saturday. She said, I'm going to go to church tomorrow at that church. You have no idea the impact that God can use through you by just praying that simple prayer. And guess what? When we went to dinner with my dad and my husband that night, we weren't talking about what we bought while we were shopping. We were talking about, guess what God did today? That's our conversation. Not that it's bad talking about like, hey, what did you catch on Netflix last night? Did you, oh yeah, that's super cool. That's okay to have those conversations, but what if, if we were in tune with worshiping God in every single moment of our lives, that now our conversation is still directed towards him? Guess what God did today? Oh, man, I just, I get goosebumps about that. So don't compartmentalize worship like conversations. Don't think worship is only when we go to church, it's only when we sing, it's only when we do these things, just like we compartmentalize conversations. When I'm in school, I talk about school. When I'm at in my dorm, I talk about, I don't know what you guys talk about, but you know, you get the point, okay? So don't compartmentalize those. Have worship be a part of every part of your life, okay? And I'm just going to wrap up here because I want you to <laughs> say some things too. But I'm going to say this. God, I'm sorry. I get rude. Keep going. I don't need to talk. <laughs> it's so good, seriously. Uh, I, I want to gonna... say, is it okay? <laughs> Oh, look at that. Chapel's no, over. Good. Sorry. Yeah, no. hey. Um, <laughs> we'll have to have a part two of this conversation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just get so passionate about it. I just want to say one Keep more going, thing, though. <laughs> Was that passive aggressive or is that like. A... Uh, in the slightest. Okay. Going Keep going. <laughs> okay. So, my last thing that I want to say for you, okay? God wants us to be rivers flowing, not a lake. I know we're in Minnesota, land of 10,000. Actually, it's 11,000-something lakes. God doesn't want us to just be a lake. He wants us to be a river so that we're flowing and we're spreading that out to spread his kingdom. The days are short when he's returning. Be urgent, especially in your own life, okay? Be asking God. He wants us to be imitators of him, like children. When I think of children, I think children have dependency, they have wonder. And God calls us to be like children when we come to him. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> awesome, thank you so much, Alyssa. I'm gonna invite our, uh, our worship team, Nick, Jenny, and Katie up. Nope, I'm gonna invite you guys up um, for us to close in a, in a time of worship and uh, Justin's, no, it's good. No, this, it's important that they respond. Seriously, what you said was so God-breathed, you could just tell. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah it was so good. Um, you know, we have, we have plenty of chapels. You guys will be here in other chapel, right? I can share what, what God has given me. That's not a problem. No, I don't. Make another time. Oh, yeah. Justin and I can work, work another time out. We, you know, we talked about this whole idea of, like, you know, addressing one of our psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Like, what if we made this into, like, a musical and we, like, sung each, to each other what we're going to talk so maybe that's forthcoming. We'll plan that out a little bit better. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have some fun with it. Um, I want to pray as these guys lead us in a, in a final course of, of praise. 
Father, I want to thank you and praise you so much that worship is possible because of Christ. And I thank you that, it's, that it's, it can become and may it all further become uh, a lifestyle and, and the best and the most wise use of our time. And that, that you are saturated in our conversations and in our meals and in the dorms and in our cars and in our workplace and the classroom. And Lord, that, that we truly would speak about you with one another and that is an act of worship and that that gives a witness to the watching world around us. And the way that we do that and the, how we give preference to one another over our own preferences out of reverence for you. And we want to look to you now as we conclude this time in this chapel in this space uh, to, to, to lift our voices together and as we have a unified focus and a gaze upon you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And help us to walk in the wisdom of worship, in the fullness of your will, and in the power of your Holy Spirit today. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and sing a chorus together.